a twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah, go. A twenty thousand pound pr- <laughs> What? I didn't do anything. Else. I know, man. You're just uh, doing a lot of laughing. Yeah. I'm having a good time. In 20, a 20, a 20,000 pound prize makes the Edward Morgan Award one of the largest awards in the UK, and we are going to tell you all about it. Welcome to the Indie Poetry Show Podcast. Oh, fuck. In 1999, Edward Morgan was made Glasgow's first poet laureate. In 2004, he was named as the first Scottish national poet or macker. Well, you may have seen Edward Morgan is in the news this year as 2020 marks his sincerity. His sincerity. His sincerity. 2020 is is the year of his sincerity. He really is so sincere about 2020. He's so Edward Morgan this year. (laughs) And the Edward Morgan Foundation have used this entire year to celebrate his life, career and tremendous contribution to Scottish culture. Here at Speculative Books, we have already been celebrating Edward Morgan's centenary by publishing the Centenary Collection, which was guest edited by Colin heard. The Centenary Collection contains poetry and short stories inspired by Edwin Morgan's scrapbooks, including a foreword from Colin Hurd and contributions from Liz Lockhead, Henry Bell, Stephen Watt, Katie Veach, Sean Wei Kuhn, Jack McMillan, that's me, Laura Bissell, Russell Jones, Leila Josephine, Shezar Doza, Vanola Scott and many, many more. Edwin Morgan willed close to £1 million to the SNP and left another million to set up the Edwin Morgan Award. You must be previously unpublished poet, but don't worry, pamphlets are allowed. Thank God. And you must be no older than 30. This year's winner will be announced at an online event as part of the Edinburgh Book Festival on the 15th of August. Oh my God, that's only three, three days, days away. away. Oh, Bad. We are... <laughs> We're nailing this intro. Yeah, I know. One take intro. Here we come, baby. <laughs> We have interviewed all seven poets shortlisted for this year's award and they have all sent us a recording of them reading a selection of their work. Alicia Primohamed is the author of two pamphlets, Hinge and Faces That Fled the Wind. Her work can be found at the Parish Review Daily, the Poetry Review and others. Alicia is the co-founder of the Scottish BAME Writers Network. Alicia did an interview over email which you can find at speculativebooks.net slash podcast if you would like to have the centenary collection for free you can sign up to the speculative book subscription service we send out one book of poetry every month use the code morgan that's m-o-r-g-a-n to get your first month free and the centenary collection as your first book you can get it through a range of plans just head to speculativebooks.net slash subscribe to find out more very cool very Mm -hmm, cool mm -hmm. also if you're enjoying the podcast so far um we're not gonna ask you to like Rate a lot it of anything. podcasts would ask you to yeah. rate it five stars. A lot of podcasts would do that. We're not. We're not. We're that not those. Of, ca- we're, we're not, not that type of podcast. And that should be reflective if you. We're uh, not in it for the stars. Yeah. Baby. That should be reflective of any review that you write, which yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to write a review, but if you did write one, you might say something like "chilled, playback guys who don't fucking make you rate you five stars and stuff like that." But I'm that. gonna write them five stars anyway because I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah. And it actually, really helps the podcast get out to new listeners. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like. You cannot, or you could help poetry in Scotland. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got an interview. Yeah. On our website with we've Alicia. Got, yeah, and then we've got some cool. And then we've got a great poetry reading coming up now as well. Yeah. Well, until that day. Please big round of applause, everybody, <laughs> yeah. for the wonderful Alicia, Alicia Primohamed. Hi, my name is Alicia Primohamed, and I'm going to read um, a few poems from. The Ghosts That Visit Us As We Dream, which is a work in progress. 
The fish that have water. Dusk meets water meets the history of my eye. I walk into the water. I walk into the shimmering body of a fish as the rivers rinse and monsoon knots my memory. At the cusp of night, I learn the past is a version of this earth where few things have a name and I glide my way through the anonymity of ghosts. This is the landmark of ruins I have become, a woman following every weaving hush and every tendril of water in search of a true story. Listen, I expected the Atlantic to show me all that ruptured when woman after woman after locust crossed an ocean. There are too many names for canyon, and every day I hold those distances in my mouth, all the kilometers my longing has traveled. In the middle of the night, I walk right into my dreams and cluster with the other lost sisters of the moon, our bodies blushing out from the forest's velour. In the middle of the night, I walk right into a dream where the grass picker will scissor through my every plot of land, the thing about being halved is all the loose ends will sneak up on you, whether you're slicing Zimbaru or dragging a toboggan up a hill, threading in and out of the evergreens as you climb. There are too many ways to say cleave, but one day I'll split into myth and pass through the mouths of a hundred generations. I am woman after woman after spooling woman, ensorcelled by water that twins and fissures and halves into worlds. Passing through. Outside, I watch how birds lose shape in darkness how two mule girls become one black stone. And I am reminded of how all of us will lose shape, bones relieving skin, skin loosening from bone. From inside, the train is one long tunnel, a journey I pass through like the walkway of the Basilica cistern in Turkey, the tunnels of it, momenta pushing me forward into darkness candlelight blooming infrequently, and water beating down a statue of Medusa, rotated until I become stone, pressed carbon, at her stare. I've learned of this before while crossing the Bosphorus Bridge. How to treat travel like a passage, how to let go of one world for another, the train slips between lodgepole pines and balsam fir. The trees reduce into emptiness, into a pool deepened by the cistern's fish, slipping in and out of view, collected in dark water that floats like a giant net, water that then eats them as if starved, just as night now eats away the stars. Afterward. Lately, 
All we seem to talk about are the ghosts that visit us as we dream. I swear the moon is having itself as we speak and everything else too is lessening. I rearrange the letters in air until they become lost. The light reaches us more easily through all of the dead trees. I was a young girl once with dreams of elk and hummingbirds, with dreams of my mother's hair then so full and black and glistening. I thought there must be suns in every corner of every room. Where is anything now? I look for anything beyond the multiplied hush of nine small pills in the morning, of mother's dark hair, dark strands in the sink like loose threads of silk. Now a deep echo, like the kind of emptiness left behind once all of the birds take off. All I can hear is gone, gone, gone. To the woman staring at a frozen river. One, the North Saskatchewan River. Tonight, the moon binds to the river like the roots of a larch tree and observes the dirt darkness looking in. The whole night sky, its fringe of starlit skin suspended like prayer over water. How many times have you asked for Allah, letting the beads of your thespie drop like stones through the tassels of your hands? To the woman staring at a frozen river, figure of shadowed orchid, if this is your final prayer, speak it in Arabic, the darkest ink. Two, light upon light. Walk with me into this winter. There is a passage in the Quran I return to. Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. He is the arc of the moon and its reflection swept onto the face of the frozen river. I have not prayed for 11 years until now and my body descends into a valley of roses. When did the ribbon of hope reappear? Fastened to my skin like dew, these petals break through like moonlight. 3. Alnur I have just learned that my father's name is one elongated band of light, Alnur. Two days before I walked to the bank, he handed me a thespie of dove-white beads, a prism at its peak. All of these years, he has guided me here to the only iris that blooms in December, to this stranger in want of a blessing, staring absently at her reflection, light upon light. Lapse. How I know I have returned from dreaming. If I reach over, I will touch oranges. I prefer ghosts, not oranges, but the mouth, the burned hibiscus-stained lips. 
In the memory, you have a short haircut. You open your mouth to reveal a cluster of roses. How I know the truth has been replaced. The roses you pin to my chest are more accurate than the oranges. They peel off your tongue, petals for words. Veritas, every secret let go, each with a thorn. Luxury is not the fruit itself. It is a trillion buds frothing your skin, allowing you to disrobe into morning light. It is your presence stepping into still life, into a moment lacking any substance at all. Beside this forest, alpine, northerly, cool and blank in winter, I place in all corners. The resultant surface is everything I have ever loved next to everything I have left behind. Contexture. I am several countries away but the pattern of her dress is made truer by the larger frame within which it is placed. Cabristan, cashew tree, multiple languages for the same rain, slipping my lineage right into the sea. I am learning that to love something, to leave something behind, is actually to arrive somewhere new. Resonance and meaning. I am a young girl wearing the pattern of her birthmarks. I have a favorite calf that ambles forth and back on the field, brown-spotted, willowing, the first tender thing that walks into my memories until I am that young girl turned away in a photograph. There is no forest pictured, but still I name white spruce and lodgepole pine. I am searching beyond the frame, beyond the graveyard where her plot is overrun with a cool slip of water. Behind the field, beyond the prayer, beyond the pattern, and right back into the body again. Once you gathered in my arms. Everything I know has a name, pulling it into being. So what, it, so what to call this? A tube of lipstick lost under the porch? No, maybe it is just cancellation. Dark hair parted exactly in the middle. Maybe I'll call it... The moon has forgotten how to speak, or kissing a bee-stung mouth. How else to disclose the petals of my memory, each hallucination slipping back and forth like a river over my reflection, two nouns dissolving into a single black stone, and on page 27, only a few lines of Sappho in the margins, fragments that crush me.
Origin of Water As a child, she wore a skirt of seagulls and was afraid of the dark. Called her mother God, because what else could mother an ocean but God? She ate nankatai and plaited her hair. She smelled of fennel, seed newly crushed and scattered. She split into spring's tulips, carried a jar of condolences just in case. She was a daughter caught praying in the mountains. She was stone through stone, melodic. A vase of trees rattled by her name, water, like the roots that hold the earth together, like Ganan and its woven stanzas. She is the sound of another messenger calling for another bird, another metaphor for God. As a child, how is she to know what to call beloved? Um, and I think I will just read one more poem. And it's going to be one of my more recent poems. <laughs> and it's called Persephone in the Leftover Space. I picked the flower and revealed the alternate world. I revealed all the generations I'd once ushered from a garden pond. The ghosts scattered like mice sought more daylight than any ghost is allowed. The flower receded to wherever displaced atoms go in this homeland. A corpse planted back into the seed, so far back into the seed that it became a window framing all the women that had come before. I picked the flower and planted so far back into the seed. Elsewhere, a daughter felt hands tug a strand of her dark hair into the varnished alternate world. All the faces on the overlapping petals, viola markings, the wind, for example, still jostles the empty field. Thank you so much for listening. That's all.